Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas up in Montreal and Tom Timmerman, who is just uh, ducked out of our live chat room and is ready to uh, to talk some blues hockey. And uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll we'll jump right in. I mean, certainly, if you want to see a team just have fun playing hockey against another team that's not very good, then that was certainly the case in in Ottawa. JT, uh, gosh, the uh, the Thomas uh, Tarasenko Bucinevich line could have had like you know six seven goals. I mean, it just at some point you're almost starting to feel bad for the Senators. I mean, they're not a terrible team, but they're depleted. And uh, wow, that was some show by the top line. Well, this is and bonjour by the way from uh, <laughs> Montreal. I wish I would have paid more attention in French class all those years ago, but uh, uh, yeah, and this is kind of the with the exception of Toronto, this is the. Uh, this is the portion of the schedule where the uh, the Blues get to uh, face the downtrodden. None more downtrodden than uh, <laughs> Thursday's opponent, the eight-win. Yes, we're sitting here in mid-February, the eight-win Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So this, this you know, these are. I've loved Tom exasperated. I know these are these are the the times when the Blues have got to have got to grab those, and they they let the two against New Jersey not happen, but. Yeah, you know, and um, this, you know, and you wonder, and we talk, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but which of these games does Bennington fit into? Does he, does he fit in against Montreal or does he fit in against Philadelphia? I mean, I guess he doesn't fit in against Toronto, but uh, this is, this is the time. Well, we might as well go right there since uh, JT is in Montreal and the, uh, the Habs have won, I think, one game since December 16th, I think it is, uh, winless <laughs> in their last 10, like like JT says, eight wins, and here we are. Eight! Getting in, eight into the... Uh, they have eight wins to, the entire season. Yeah, and we're getting to the backside of, uh, of February. They've just traded Tyler Toffoli, a, a pretty good player, to Calgary. We'll talk a little bit more about that. They just added a guy, Martin St. Louis, as head coach, who is has coached his kids' teams. Um, and he's, of course, a great NHL player, but he is admittedly, uh, by his own admission, uh, learning on the fly. And uh, so, yeah, let, let's go ahead and, and, and address that question right away, JT. I mean, if you're, if you're ever going to play Bennington again, uh, Montreal is not the best. And it might not be a – you don't want to send them out against uh, the Leafs, for sure. You don't want them sitting around forever, so – I don't know. Does the chief, do you have any sense that the chief is willing to, to roll that dice? Uh, I, I, I don't, I would, I would throw Huso out there. I, but I get what you're saying. You've got to get him going. You've got to get his confidence back. The, uh, uh, the Canadians, uh, they're averaging only just a little over two goals a game, like 2.19. Their, their uh, uh, goals for and goals against differential is, Minus 85, almost <laughs> two, two goals in arrears per game. So uh, eight players on uh, injured reserve. Mike Hoffman, the intrepid Mike Hoffman, couldn't finish practice today. So don't know what's up with, uh, uh, with him. But if it were me or moi, as they say up here in Montreal, <laughs> I would uh, I'd keep rolling Huso out there. I don't know. Do you, do you wait till Philadelphia, the anniversary of uh, uh, Jordan Bennington's uh, first NHL start and roll them out there? Hope maybe the nostalgia kicks in. I don't know. 
I was thinking that Philadelphia might be the place because if he does well against Philadelphia, then you can bring him back against Buffalo. If he does well against Montreal, you don't bring him back against Toronto. But you can, if, the, if he had a good game in Philly, Buffalo gives you a chance to play him twice in a row, maybe get something going. But that's well, look, listen to us. We, we sound like we're a hockey psychologist here trying to nurse this championship goalie back to health here or back mm-hmm. to back to confidence. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is weird when you're you know, I don't know um, when the season started, we could not have foreseen ourselves wondering, geez, is there ever going to be another opportunity to, <laughs> to play Jordan Bennington and uh, maybe Montreal might be the worst team ever assembled. Uh, at this point, because <laughs> this, this is, you know, Kerry Price out, Jake Allen out, you know, so many of their, their good players out. So much of what they did last year just up in smoke because it was an amazing run last year. But just, uh, you know, and they're just all waiting to get traded, you know, the guys who can play on this team. And, you know, it's just, it's awful. Yeah, here we are. Just, I don't know, is this one you could sneak them into a game? I guess the, maybe the worst team ever assembled. Oh man, and and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a hornet's nest at the Bell Center too. Uh, all of uh, uh, we're we're gonna get the five hundred fan treatment wow. like in Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lottery. They have a lottery for season ticket holders. But uh, are you gonna be that excited if you're a Canadian season ticket holder and you you win the lottery and you, you get to go in there and see your team get their brains uh, beat in? I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'd be particularly excited. One of those first prizes, two tickets to a Canadian's game. Second prizes, four tickets to a Canadian's game. There we go. There we go. So, well, yeah, I, so. I mean, well, how do they compare with some of those bad, like the Washington Capitals in their first year? They, they won like single digit games or, you know, some of those uh, other disasters of uh, NHL history. Well, well, I, it, I will say, though, remember the Blues did lose to the second worst team in the NHL this year. So, Bill Armstrong's Arizona Coyote. So anything's possible. Now, no, say, this, that's not, not this isn't possible. <laughs> now, I will say in defense of, uh, you know, to kind of walk back a little bit with the Blues. And, uh, you know, they had a bit of a slow start coming out of the uh, the break. And, and one thing, JT and I, they were talking about this on the NHL Network today on the radio side, that uh, a number of these teams that have had a really long layoff, um, have come back with really sluggish performances. So it wasn't, I guess it wasn't that unusual for it to, for the blues to need a little time to kind of get their skating back. Um, and it appears they have, again, you gotta, you gotta, you know, take it with a grain of salt against the teams they've beaten here, but they've started to least shake off that lethargy that, that formed over that lengthy break. Yeah, it, it sure looks that way. And the one thing that really kind of has caught my eye in these two games is the Blues shots allowed totals are way down and, and they've been up there all year. Uh, and, and their, their shots for are way up. They're taking more shots. They're getting more attempts. I think in these two games, it's 67 to like 35 or six. Yeah. Or 67, 36 in shots for and shots against. And the, the Blues attempts are, are, are way up. Uh, of course the, the Thomas line had like a, a million attempts uh last night but uh 70 attempts uh last night which tied for their second highest all season and they hadn't even had 60 attempts uh since in a game since like december early december so it's encouraging to see and 
uh, you know, as I kind of alluded to in the game story, if you're a good team, you're supposed to take care of business in these games. And there was nothing sexy or fabulous about the game, uh, except of course that the, the, uh, the Thomas line was, 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 was pretty dazzling, but uh, the blues just kind of went about their business. Okay. Uh, five to two, uh, see you later. And on to Montreal in, in a train, as a matter of fact, the blues took a, uh, train from Ottawa to Minnesota, uh, to, to Montreal last night. Yeah. I think it's like about a two hour ride, I think from one to the other. And yes, yes. Uh, two hours. The, uh, player said, uh, even the chief relaxed. Normally I remember from the, those nostalgic days, Tommy, when, uh, when you and I would be on the team charter seeing, uh, for Ruby kicking back, even even after a lopsided win, what would he be doing? Looking at video. video. Uh, the chief said uh, no video. He just kicked back and relaxed. Who knows? Maybe he had a cold beverage or two. I don't know. Yes, the Blues need to do what the Blues the Blues need to do is do the things they need to do, and they need to beat the teams. They need to come back from this trip with at least six points. Anything more than that, you know, they get eight. That's that's great. But you know, win the games that they need to win. And, you know, start, start from there. And, you know, they're probably going to, you know, I, I think they're maybe not totally safely in a playoff spot, but they're pretty much going to be in a playoff spot unless something really weird happens. And then, you know, they got to figure out where they're going to finish in this division, where they, what's the bet, you know, not that they have a choice, they want to finish as best as they can, but what, what's the best situation for this team? You know, is how important is it to be second or third and avoid because the way, with Montreal unloading players, Calgary adding players, Vegas adding players, with Eichel about to come back. Do you want to go into the Pacific? That used to look like the easy way out was to go to the other half of the bracket. But now, I don't know. The, the Pacific's, you know, looking tough at the top. Yeah, we could go ahead and uh, and go ahead and hit that since uh, Tom brought it up. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the more interesting, you know, kind of a one-two punch. The um, – Looking out west, uh, I really like the Toffoli trade for the Flames. They're just playing; they're just pounding people, including Vegas. They just pounded Vegas. They're just they're just blasting people. Um, they're playing makeup games. They had a bunch of home games. Markstrom's locked in and goal. Their top line is just shredding people with uh, Johnny Hockey and Kachuk and, and, and Lindholm. And now you add Toffoli, who's played for Daryl Sutter before. Uh, as a young player, he had great success there uh, with the LA Kings. He's going to add some supplemental scoring, and, and there's probably still another move Calgary can make to to bolster their defensive core. So yeah, I mean, and then and then and then uh, JT, the long-awaited Jack Eichel, uh, jumping in, and for the time being, they're storing Mark Stone and an IR who has legitimate back issues. So now Pacioretty gets to play with Eichel, and you got uh, you still got uh, Marchesso. Uh, you still have Chandler Stevenson and on in your third group, you've got like Riley Smith and, uh, and, and, and Carlson. So three, three pretty good lines. Uh, the top of the uh, Western conference, Jim Thomas looks really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. As, as Tom said, I, I don't know if the, uh, uh, going over to the uh, Pacific is, uh, is such a bargain, uh, uh, anymore. And, uh, the, the thing with Calgary, they, they, they've all, obviously they were adding depth, depth scoring, but. They, they've always had offense. I, I just think with Markstrom and goal, they're just much better uh, uh, defensively. And so maybe this is the year they, they uh, step out and, and uh, uh, you know, reach their potential because they've, they've kind of had this look. They were, they were very disappointing uh, last year, but they've, they've kind of had the look of, hey, we're, this, this could be a bona fide contender. And, and maybe this is the, uh, uh, this is the year. 
that that uh, uh, takes place. So yeah, man, maybe the uh, the Blues would be better off finishing second or third, and and uh, you know playing uh, uh, Minnesota or Nashville. Right right now, the Blues are uh, are third, I believe. Yeah, they passed uh, they passed Nashville uh, last night. You know, Dallas is is kind of still hanging around in the in the Blues rearview mirror. There, they they uh, uh, they beat uh, Colorado last night. So uh, yeah, there's still there's still plenty of work to do uh, for the blues. Uh, but yeah, this, this is a trip where, uh, they, they need to put a little hay in the barn. Yeah. And you know, they, as we have discussed before, I mean, they're not as good on the road as they've been in the past and they got a lot of road games coming up here. So there's a lot of time, uh, to, to think about it and to get uh, better and get these points, uh, cause they come home and then they go right back out again, uh, for a, uh, for a lengthy stay in New York. And again, down the road, they, they have some back-to-backs, particularly you get into April, they're going to need, both goalies are going to need their depth, you know, so we, we as we talk about every week, we anticipate uh, one, we got to get Bennington going with two. And at some point, I do think this team will also do something to bolster the, uh, uh, particularly the blue line. And we can kind of hit that topic uh, right now. Um, Marco Scandell is still trying to work his way back. Uh, JT, uh, given that, and the fact that Scott Prunovich needs uh, to get some game action uh, at the minor league level to try to get his uh, legs back, um, Jake Wallman, Jake Wallman, he, hey, wait, wait a minute, he's on the team. And uh, so I guess he didn't look, it's hard to tell in that game, but he seemed like he, seemed like he did okay. Uh, yeah, I think he was a little better last night. Uh, not so much in the first game. He looked like a guy that hadn't played for a while and the chief gave a, gave a pretty long critique. I only used it in the game day blog, just saying he, he needs to uh, uh, use his, uh, th- that's the thing with uh, Jake Wallman. He, he can skate really well. He, he's got a good shot, a real good shot, but he just, he just doesn't use that, those uh, God-given skills enough, it seems like. And I, I think that might be a little frustrating for uh uh, Baruby, the, the, the other thing he just said, uh, uh, Wallman was, he was just waiting kind of too long. He was too slow to, to make, uh, decisions. And, and this was in the, uh, uh, the Chicago game. Uh, uh, this was, uh, the, the chief's, uh, breakdown there and that he needs to be quicker in the decision-making again, he's hardly played since those first, you know, he played the first, I think it was 14 games of the season. Scandella is going to try to skate, uh, tomorrow as he gets back and uh Baruby was kind of interesting uh I'll, I'll be interested to, I would assume Perunovic is playing tonight uh Springfield's playing tonight but he made it sound like he just he needs practice too he said you know being back in St. Louis it's hard to really get meaningful work in by yourself so he, he's he made it sound like he needs to practice as much as he needs the uh, games. I do think Pareko has been better these last uh, uh, three games. And so maybe that'll start uh, a little roll for him. He's actually been uh, plus one each of the last three games, believe it or not, that's the first time all season he's been a plus player three games in a row. So small steps, guys, small mm-hmm. steps. And Shiro, uh, I, I, I was thinking, uh, uh, you know, uh, tonight might be kind of his audition for the blues, but, uh, I guess he's, he's on IR. I believe he's got some kind of lower, lower body injury. So uh, I guess we're not going to see him uh, tomorrow. 
Yeah, I was wondering, I'm wondering if, you know, is Jake Wallman on this team next season? And is he, if you acquire a defenseman, do they send him the other way? You know, they've been juggling eight all year. I can't imagine them going into next season with those eight guys again on defense. And I would think Wallman is the guy that if you had to give somebody up, he would be the first choice that you'd give up. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, but I do not know. I mean, if they go out and get someone with term, someone who's got more than a year, then, then you wonder if two guys are gone out of this group. If you have a Chikrin deal and he's got multiple years, then you're not going to carry nine guys. So someone's got to go. And so what, you know, how does, how is this unit ultimately going to shake up? And at this point, I can't see Wallman being the guy that stays around unless the only way they can make a deal is if there's a Mikola or a Perunovic and it's too great to pass up. Or if someone says, sure, I'll take Marco Scandella, which also seems far-fetched. Yeah, this is, uh, and you know, I, and I think while it's, he's got, he's getting paid a lot of money to provide depth. Uh, you know, I do think the blues would like to add somebody and also still have experience depth, you know, as we've seen before, I mean, the Armstrong and the chief will value that. And so, um, maybe in the short term, I could see him adding somebody and, and if they could find a way for that team to keep the money um, and on that player so that they can have, keep Scandella and the newcomer just to have depth. Uh, you know, I guess that's one possibility. And it seems like Wallman, this is a golden opportunity to try to remind other people in the league that he is still a relatively young player. He does have physical tools and he's actually can play the game still because it's, he's been buried for so long. It's hard for anybody to have any sort of report on him. Here recently. So um, I think it's interesting. I don't think it would be in the worst case scenario for the Blues just to keep playing Wallman for a bit to see if they can't, you know, shake out a Ben Sherratt or, you know, a Calvin DeHaan or somebody along those lines. Admittedly um, difficult to send out little money and take back bigger money. Uh, but, um, you know, they'll have to find a way to make that work. But to Tom's point with Wallman, it just seems like it's, it's kind of come and gone. And, and for JT, what this team needs is, um, you know, not a puck rusher, but but just another, you know, stable Nico Mikola type, preferably with some, you know, significant experience, uh, just to, you know, again, kill penalties, block shots, take some defensive zone starts. Yeah, and, you know, bang bang into people, ir irritate uh, uh, people, as you say, uh, Gardo. Yeah, uh, I think Wallman's big shot was the start of the season. I mean, it, it it, 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 it seems almost far-fetched now, but it was, it was his job at the start of the season. And he was just kind of out there. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he, he didn't do a whole lot to, to, to get your attention. And then Nico Mikola came in and, you know, he did a fair amount to get our attention. Yeah. You, you look back at training camp and, you know, James Neal was there out of camp and, uh, and Wallman was there out of camp. And then, Mikola and Logan Brown both had bad camps. They both turned it around, got better, and they kind of pushed these other guys now, uh, you know, to the periphery. And I guess the Blues still feel that they couldn't get Wallman through waivers if they had to send him down. Uh, but uh, you wonder how much the rest of the league right now is, you know, got Jake Wallman at the, you know, the top of their to-do list if he showed up on waivers. Well, I mean, Montreal might, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and you never know, Arizona is going to have to make moves. And, uh, uh and, and is it, it is interesting to, to look at what people would talk about in terms of, uh, 
of, of chikrin. And, and this, um, and to Tom's point earlier about if are you going to get somebody that has term left on on its contract? Uh, and I think that could be a good thing if it's the right player. It means that you're adjusting your nucleus going forward. It means this player is going to be in your nucleus going forward and somebody else is not. You're going to be readjusting your team going forward. But, you know, and I wrote a little bit about this. It's just that we've talked about this. This team is sort of transitioning to a different nucleus anyways, to a, a refreshed, somewhat changed nucleus. And I think, I think it would be difficult to add that type of player now that's going to be part of the defensive nucleus for a while going forward, joining Falk and, and Krug and, and Pareko uh, in particular um, for the longer haul. But well, they have to, I think they have, that's going to be a need because there's nobody in the organization that's going to step into that. I mean, Nico's it in terms of, and, and Perunovic uh, is the same player as Krug. So you need that one more guy and um, you know, and you need it for, for the next several years too. Right. So I don't know if that opportunity, other than Chikrin, I don't know if there's much in that along those lines that's going to make sense of the trade deadline. Yeah, and uh, I, what I I think would be good is, I mean, if somehow one of these young guys, and I guess Mikola has has taken off, but I, you almost need cheap labor given given the the overall <laughs> a, a younger player who's yet to hit the uh, the free agent years because you already have three defensemen that are what six million to six and a five to six and a half million. So I don't know. I, I, it, I don't know where that uh, comes from. I mean, you've got, okay, two year top six or, or cheap labor, Bortuzzo and, and uh, Mikola. Uh, Leo Loof, I think is very promising. Uh, uh, he's uh, uh, playing in the, uh, the Finland uh, league right now and, and doing very well. And he's a guy who will hit people. He got mm-hmm. uh, what's suspended for a game in the, uh, World Juniors uh, playing for Sweden before that tournament got canceled due to COVID, but I would think he's at least a couple of years away. So it it, it is a it, it's just a problem, and and uh, I again I think I reached a point. Yeah, I, I think they have enough defense to have a good regular season. I just don't think they have enough to make a deep Stanley Cup run, you know, and I, I think they have a lot of other ingredients to say that they could do that. So I don't know what, I don't know what they do. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think Mikola is ultimately going to be the guy uh, that they're going to want there. So I, yeah, I would think that the, I think the rental is the way to go for this team right now, because they're just going to otherwise have too much wrapped up in defensemen, especially when it looks like they may have to start, paying more money at the goalie position as well uh, with uh, whoever's going to be along there with, with Bennington next year. So, I mean, the money may, may run out quick. So that's uh, yeah. And having, you know, as Jim said, having that many guys with that much money there, I, I, I think it just gets really complicated for the blues if they do that. And yeah, how many guys making the league minimum can they fit? Cause they got to have like four or five of them if they're going to make ends meet. Now, to segue on that topic, the, the good news is, um, for sure, the Blues have uh, cheap labor lined up uh, for the fourth line. And um, mm-hmm. with some real promise there in terms of just a, you know, a, a bulldozing group. Uh, so the, uh, as JT, uh, you guys have been writing about it, uh, there's a clear identity when they put uh, Dakota and, and Clem and, uh, and Oscar out there. You know, they're going bowling for opponents. And... Uh, 
And, I, and I'd like to see more minutes from that group. I'd like to see, uh, of course, you got to earn it. Some of the times, sometimes Clem gets, sometimes I wonder where he's sending the puck. So you still got to understand that's north, 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 only north, only. But on balance, you know, there's some exciting, at least for two of those three being low-cost players, uh, for uh, the future. Yeah. Uh, I, Jeff, I, I don't know. I, I want to say it's time for you to get the jersey, the Clem Costin jersey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, uh, boy, this this looks like the uh, really and, – and who knows? Who knows what will happen down the stretch? It looks like the kind of the beginning of the end for uh, for Tyler Bozak. But you know uh, – uh, Baruby really likes the, uh, the, the makeup, uh, of, of this group. And, uh, you know, Joshua will, will bang people, uh, just like Costin and Sundquist, you know, maybe not as physical, but, uh, 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 he's not afraid to run into, uh, people and, and, and does everything else, you know, uh, pretty well. I just wonder with this little uptick in his production, if he's finally, you know, maybe feeling a little better in terms of the knee and the hip uh, uh, surgeries. I kind of felt with him, like I kind of felt with Tarasenko. I, I thought last year because of the third surgery, it might take him a, and he hadn't played in so long. It might take him a year to get back if he was going to get back to his game. Obviously that's worked out pretty well, but, uh, but I thought maybe the same might be true for Sunquist that he might kind of struggle this year, but who knows? He, he's, like I said, he's, He's been uh, pretty productive. He's been crashing the net and pounding in some uh, uh, rebounds. If if the uh, if the Blues get get anything going uh, with this uh, fourth line, I mean, uh, given what's happening in the top nine, I mean, they 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 could really really have something. I guess in some ways you could say it's it's a it's a good thing that the fourth line is getting as little ice time as they are because it means the top three lines are, are being productive for them. But it's amazing to think that, I mean, since he's been back, you know, Joshua is playing like seven, seven and eight minutes in, in the, in those last three games. And those guys are almost never out there. I mean, they're getting, you know, a couple shifts in the third period. You hardly ever see them, which is surprising because they, they seem to be effective. They seem to be getting the job done, but they also don't, don't seem to be, maybe they make such an impact in those limited number of shifts that <laughs> it sets the tone for everybody right there. And you don't need them for another five minutes after they played, but uh, surprisingly amount, little amount of ice time for a unit that's been, that it seems to be productive. When I'm looking at the potential reallocation of assets, I'm also looking at, uh, you know, Jake neighbors is going to be a, an NHL player next year. And it's a, it's a shame he didn't get to do more at the World Juniors, but he certainly looked apart when he was with the group early. Um, has got to work on his offensive side at, in, in the junior hockey. Um, he'll play a lot at, in the NHL, maybe not all the time. Maybe there'll be some back and forth. But, and, you know, same with, uh, you know, you, you look at the group and, uh, and you start thinking, okay, you got to find money uh, to make all this stuff work. We've talked about Bozak. He's not making a lot of money. Obviously, this looks like the beginning of the end. Perron's going to, if he stays, is going to make less money uh, just because that's going to be the nature of it um, at this point in his career. We don't know about 91. It looks like he, he's very happy. Who would want to play anywhere else when you got two playmakers on your line just feeding you constantly? I'm not sure there's any place he could play they would get more shot opportunities than with Thomas and Buchnevich. But then you have the mid-level guys like, like Oscar, whose game's starting to come back. And, uh, and Barbashev, who's, uh, whose offense is tailed off, but is a really good hockey player. So I kind of look at 
looking at the the forward lines next year, I, I can see some more youth creeping up even into the third group as the Blues try to have to deal with some of these uh, the, these math problems we've been discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Neighbors does uh, get a spot uh, on this uh, roster if he has anything like the uh, the preseason camp uh, that he uh, that he has. But uh, you know what what other players will will move will move out up front? You know, again, we assume uh, uh, that that one of them could be uh, Bozak. But uh, uh, you know, you got uh, Baruby loves Barbashev. It's interesting, even though it's now eight games, he hasn't had a point. He continues to, to get to see power play duty ahead of, of Brandon uh, Saad. But my gosh, that puck practically went through uh, Barbashev's lower leg. He didn't even make it back to the dressing room. He walked down the tunnel a little bit, came back. It was on the ice like two minutes had passed, and he's, he's, he, he's, he's back on the ice. You know, another guy who might be kind of knocking on the door next year, and I know they really like him, is uh, – is Torpchenko. Uh Again, it would help if he scored a little bit more, even at the, uh, at the HL level, but yeah, your Vladdy point. I mean, I, I don't know if I sit here right now, I, even if Vladdy wants to be traded, if I'm uh, uh, Armstrong, I'm not moving the guy. And, and why, like you said, why would he want to go? He's surrounded by Russians. He's got the crowded enterprise chanting Vladdy, Vladdy, Vladdy at every opportunity. I, I don't know how, it, and, and like you said, he's got, he's on a line right now with two just excellent passers. I, I don't know what, uh, what could be better except maybe the weather, but it's, it's pretty warm there today, isn't it? <laughs> it's in the, it's it about 60 degrees. Yeah. yeah. And how is it in Montreal? Uh, it's, I, you know, I, I've never figured out this Celsius. <laughs> it's minus something though. Ah, well, and below 32 them so thank you yeah that's as far as i'll go um yeah you know you look at the top nine and you think you know you know, you, you go through and think, well they wouldn't trade him they wouldn't trade him. you know who you know saw they just signed which never she's not going to go you know o'reilly's the captain he's not going to go you know where who in the top nine would they would they move out to create a spot and it's and it's tough because everyone there seems to have a solid case for staying around so, you know, as much as we think Tarasenko, you know, would be traded going into the last year of his free agency and expressed an interest in it, um, you know, and you think he's not going to resign. But at the same time, I think this season has proved to Armstrong it's not going to be a distraction to have Tarasenko around. It's not going to drag the rest of the team down. He's not going to have everybody else feeling miserable. So, yeah, if there's not a deal that, you, you know, is a beautiful deal on trading Tarasenko. You keep him and let him play out his contract and see what happens. Then you do like you did with Petrangelo and just let him go to the end of the contract, but it's tough in the top nine because you, who, who are they going to trade to make space? So, and you wonder about, then you, then you get back to Perron. What is his yeah. situation going to be? You know, I, I thought he might get another two year, $4 million deal, but now, has he got a one-year deal? What what does Perron's situation look like? You know, he's going to be a third-line guy, right? Is that that's where he's going to fit going forward on this team? So, you know, I don't. You know, how much are you paying him then? Boy, JT, uh, last thing for the net front this week. Uh, how many teams who lowballed Armstrong during the whole Vladdy uh, uh, episode during the summer didn't take uh, didn't make offers? You're Seattle. You don't draft them. Um, Imagine what Seattle could have done with this form 
this caliber of number 91 would how many teams would take this player right now the way he mm-hmm. played I mean, admittedly again it was ottawa you know in the last game but my god i mean he was just that's about as well as you can play hockey the game he had and it's like i i think there's a lot of regret around the league and a lot of happiness uh in the blues executive office for how this turned out yeah yeah i think uh, armstrong at one point not that long ago referred to it he just wasn't going to send sell an asset for 10 cents on the dollar, no matter what was going on. And uh, uh, yeah, but I don't know who, who really saw this coming. I, I, I'll be honest. I, 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 I didn't see this coming. Huh? I did not. Yeah. I, I thought maybe he comes back to being a 20 goal scorer. Well, there's still, mm-hmm. what, there's was like 30 something games left and he's, he's knocking on the door of uh, 20. I thought 20 would be a, uh, would be, I don't know if achievement's the right word, but you, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just been uh, crazy. Uh, one, one quick add on Perron. It looks like, uh, they're going to get that band back together with O'Reilly based on the end of uh, last night's game. And they didn't really run lines in practice today, but in the drills, they had lines and, uh, uh, looked like, uh, it's going to be Saad O'Reilly and Perron. So here, here's another chance for, uh, uh, David to, uh, uh, to, to get going with, uh, uh, with his, uh, Batman or his Robin, however <laughs> you put it with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. I think if we look back through chat transcripts from, uh, earlier, earlier this season, you'd, in the offseason, you'd find me saying, I think Tarasenko's days as a 30 goal scorer are over, uh, that, that I may have been, uh, early on that. Um, and it may not be, he might still be a 30 goal scorer, uh, this season. Um, yeah, I, it's, you know, Brandon Saad has been, is Brandon Saad should be on the power play. Let's get back to that. Brandon Saad should be on the power play. He is a, been a tremendous power play guy this season. And the fact that he can't get on that is, um, is, is something. All right. Well, we'll stop at that. That's a point. Now we'll see what happens. This is a, Tom has drawn a line there. And, you know, he, he's made his, you know, he, we need to see Sod on the power play. I mean, it's just in fairness to Brandon, he's a good player there. So, all right, so we will track that storyline along with all the other stuff. Uh, we'll be back next week on the net front to see how our heroes fared on the rest of this road trip. Uh, until then, a reminder that you can see it, just get a lot of great coverage on stltoday.com and, of course, in print in the post-dispatch. You can always check uh, our podcast out as well as our videos on stltoday.com. For Jim Thomas in Montreal, it's hopefully uh, hoping Jim has a good time tonight in, in that beautiful city. And for Tom, I'm Jeff. Until next time, see ya. <laughs>